What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another week here on Unrestricted. I'm your host, Ben Lieber. I hope everybody had a wonderful week. My guest this week is one of the funniest guys I've ever sat down with. One of the funniest guys I've actually I actually know, um, and just naturally funny. Not one of those guys that sets up jokes the whole time, but he's always just got something like quick and pithy and witty, uh, something to say all the time, a quick natural reaction, and the way his timing is, um, it's perfect. It's fun. Um, he's a local celebrity. I think he's about to go national and we kind of talk about that a little bit. So the national interests that there's been with him, because you've probably seen him on live with Kelly and Ryan as a twin cities and Minnesota contributor. Uh, he's right now the current co-host of twin cities live on KSTP with Elizabeth Reese. He also co-hosts a morning show nine to noon on my talk radio. He does that with Donna Valentine. And he's none other than Steve Patterson. And Steve and I just talk about his career a lot of it. Uh, I apologize. A lot of it is just kind of, you know, shooting the crap, shooting the breeze. And um, we kind of get into some more, a little more serious things and a little bit of his career. And, and towards the end of the conversation, really just ask him bluntly where he wants to go with his career. Because he's had this huge meteoric rise in the last couple of years because of his national exposure on Kelly and Ryan, and uh, and there are opportunities for him. And uh, he has a great answer. He has a great outlook on on where he is in his life right now, uh, and where maybe he wants to go. So here he is, Steve Patterson, the very funny Steve Patterson on Unrestricted. Steve Patterson. Mm. Mm, yes. Mm. Smells good in here. Doesn't it? You wearing cologne? Uh, I'm not, but I was smelling your cologne and Can it smells smell? really good. <laughs> Can you is smell that it? from your junior or sophomore year <laughs> high school? Do you know what the scent is? Because it is a very high school scent that I'm wearing right now. It actually, I'm not lying. I'm not just making that up. It smelled like a high school scent. Yeah. When you, when yeah. you walked past me as we were just kind of walking and talking. You were downwind of me. I was downwind of you. And thankfully that's the only thing I smelled downwind of you. <laughs> See, that's um, why I put it on. Yeah, but it's very familiar. Okay, and it does sound, it does smell high school. It does, and uh, and thank you. Compliment accepted. Yeah. It is aqua digio or aqua digio. I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to say it. But I have the six point seven ounce bottle, and it's. I am known for wearing cologne for overspraying cologne, mm. and so this morning, I probably have on eight sprays. Wow. <laughs> Soak that in for a minute. That's a that's a one time application, or did you reapply? Thank you for asking. I started in the morning with five. Five is a standard. Mm-hmm. If I'm using Aquadigio, it's five. Mm-hmm. And then before I left, I hadn't seen you in a while, mm-hmm. and I thought, why don't I triple spray this? And so I went uh, pulse, pulse, right behind the ears, each oh, that's ear. So nice. And then I hit I hit like another pulse spot near the wrist. Did you and think that we were gonna do like hair? a French greeting? I did. You we think we were gonna go cheek cheek? Well, now that they've relaxed the mask mandates, I'm sort of open for whatever. And so I didn't know if we would kiss on the mouth or not. And so I just figured I should prepare either way. But it's fine. You didn't do it. But whatever. The moment passed. Okay. You're not lying. That is what you're wearing. Uh, Yeah. 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 No. Eight sprays. And yesterday I I tried a different cologne that I found online that was – I looked up longest lasting scents. I look up strongest fragrances. Mm. And I forget what it's called. But – I triple sprayed. It was just a three spray, which is child's play for me. 
and it was it is very very um it's pungent it's aromatic everyone smells it and it's i think most people don't like it but occasionally all i need is the one person in the room who says i like that that smells good and that offsets everyone who says can you please stop wearing that um i like it because it conjures up memories from childhood okay why do you you know now, listen, Aqua Digio, you should know, has long been the number one seller in the world. I know. Well, for good reason, because it's good. Sounds good. But it's been around for a long time. I wore it in I high think school. to complement that is mm-hmm. if I walked past a woman and she was wearing exclamation, then I'd really feel like I was back in high school. I don't know what exclamation oh, was. Man. It's like it's like what the cool go- girls wore oh, really? when I was growing up in <clears throat> Vermilion, South Dakota. You know, really. Uh, Did they have fragrances it, it, in South Dakota? Yeah. It, Did they know, have you a Macy's? Gotta, you got to get past the fertilizer and manure smell <laughs> that just is coming. Kind of it lingers Honey, is that in the Pete? air. Is that Pete Moss? I smell good yeah. over here. Yes. Um, but exclamation was what the cool girls would wear. Yeah. And, and I just loved it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I just – I love any any fragrance. Candles, colognes. And I don't care when people say that candle is putting off some sort of a cancer-causing agent, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll die at some point anyway. I'd rather it smell good while I'm here. So anything that smells good – I just love. I need to start doing that more often mm-hmm. because I'm kind of becoming an old man in the sense that I think my body's starting to emit like the old man smell. It's just, yeah. And um, my kids tell me all the time, Dad, That's your that. breath stinks. Okay. Okay. Are you a coffee so, guy? You drinking coffee? Well, I'm a Is coffee guy. Yes. I'm a coffee guy. I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> why? <laughs> I, I wish I knew exactly what my breath smelled like. But yeah. usually in my defense, it's usually like, let's say after dinner and we're snuggling more like watching TV yeah. or it's right before bedtime and we're reading stories, or whatever. I feel like I've got dinner still in my breath. Sure. And it's during those sweet moments that your kids drop that truth bomb yeah. on you. Yeah. But, you know, I'm holding up the my mask. mask. Uh-huh. You know, these things are fantastic truth tellers. Yeah, they tell no no tales. That's yes. the truth. And, uh, and I have smelled mm-hmm. my mask after some, some wares because I'm – I never wash them. I, I don't. I was just going to say. I never wash them. I thought this would be a great place for me to admit that despite everything that the CDC said, I went the entire pandemic without washing it No, I didn't. Once. Yeah. yeah, not once. It's just on my face. I, I don't have to wash it. Yeah. I, 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 it's pure laziness. It's not like I wasn't taking a stance or I wasn't like, oh. Me neither. You know what? I know more about these viruses than anybody else. And that's not going to live and on my mask overnight. Whatever. I was just lazy. Who's going to do it? What do you put them in separately? Yeah, I, it's I a whole know. thing. Did you put them in those mesh bags? What do you do? Remember that things we used to wash our hats in? Yes. So you could like put yes. in the dishwasher. Yes. There's one you could put in the dishwasher, one yes. that you could put in the actual washing machine. I don't know. I don't know if they can Maybe. play with colored clothes, white clothes. So anyway. the thing is, the mask has been a great truth teller in mm-hmm. that my breath does stink. There you go. Even outside of mealtime. See that? And so I feel like – and then and then because I've kind of prided myself on this, that um, – because I'm half Korean. Yes. Asian people really don't smell. Like, we don't have a lot of body odor. No, and we think of you, let me speak on behalf of just pale white people, we think of you as just being always well-groomed, yeah. very presentable, yeah. buttoned up. Yeah. Well, my mom likes to tell us we are the superior race. <laughs> okay. And 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 I believe that. And sure, I do believe yes, that. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. I'm not taking anything away from anybody no. else. I'm just saying we're, we are above everybody else. Okay. <laughs> But only half of me because I'm half Korean. Yeah, so you could say that. But so for the longest time, I just – nobody ever said I had body odor, maybe mm-hmm. just being nice. But I would never have smelled it myself. Like all my friends in high school and college, like 
their stuff would just stink. stink like even yeah. after a day, you could just smell the mm-hmm. BO, like the man musk on them. And I never had it, yeah. right? But now I am. Yeah. I smell my shirts the next day, and I'm hit with this waft of a Macy's fragrance counter all over again. So if ever it's like a Saturday morning, took the shirt off late Friday night, you put it on again. If you spray as much cologne as I do, it still smells good. That's the ticket, Ben. So how often you, do you go through this? Was it 6.8 ounce? 6.7 ounce. It's 6. the big 7. one. Yeah, it's like the Costco size. Um, I'll be through that in probably, I don't know, probably six to eight months. Well, that's pretty I, good. That's pretty good. I think it's a, I go through it a lot quicker than they would tell you you yeah. should. Yeah. And I'll sometimes spray my bare chest right before I go to bed. Wife already asleep. I'm not trying to get lucky. I just spray it because I want the good smell as I go to bed. Yeah. I like that. I, <laughs> it's hey, kind of weird. Kind of weird. So you actually do the direct spray. You don't spray it in the air and kind of walk That's a wasted it. spray. That's a, okay. Everyone has to stop doing that. That's a wasted okay. spray. But, but it's more coverage. No, it's not. It's Once you spray it, it has to have direct contact on your body. If you sprayed it in the air, all of these other air molecules are now like, come over here, come over here. And then it just, it goes from a concentrated to now it's, pff, where'd it go? You can't find it. You got to direct spray onto your clothes. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to hit your hair. Bang your head. Mm-hmm. is craving cologne. That's true. That would work perfectly. And your head would smell good all day. You sweat, and then you would start to smell well, like Well, that's the, the other part of it, though, is I'm a sweater. Me and too. And if, if I start sweating, then that's just going to run right down to my eyes. Yeah. Same thing with sunblock. I got to put sunblock on my head. You have to. But then I go outside, and I start sweating, and it gets in my eyes, and my eyes start stinging, and nobody's having a good time. No. Dad's is but grumpy. guess what's happening? You're getting stronger when that's happening. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Because what doesn't kill me makes you stronger. That is very true. That's all the time we have. Thanks, Ben. This was a pleasure. This was great. Thank you so much. I want to thank yeah. my sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was doing my um, my quick and dirty research on you, yes, um, we kind of have a loose connection with family because you grew up in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Your whole life. Yeah, until I went to college. Yeah, went, so yeah. basically, yep. yeah. Born and raised. Yep. Born and raised Pittsburgh. Um, my, f- a lot of my <laughs> extended white family, mm. you know, the, the, uh, <laughs> the others. The others. Yes, the yes. others. The less than. Yeah, sure, the less than. Yeah. Um, they're from like New Eagle, Monongahela area. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah. One of the three rivers too, the Monongahela, yeah, exactly. three river stadium. Yeah. The Allegheny. So Ohio, many times I've been out to uh, South, well, South Pittsburgh, you yeah. know, South area and, uh, and visited family, family reunions out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of, I kind of feel like I know the type of person that, that, that comes out of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Pittsburgh bit. produces, I think, uh, a typical person, I guess a lot of places. Is that the main reason why you started that? wearing cologne? It <laughs> was to offset the, the, the stench <laughs> of just steel mills. Yeah. There's a general soot in the air. Everybody knows you kind of get somewhere and you have a little dust on your face. The the Pittsburgh in the 70s, which was slightly before my time, I'm born 83. Pittsburgh in the 70s, 60s and 70s was like a dirty town because of the steel mill industry. So when, whenever, when I tell someone that I'm from Pittsburgh, they think back to the dirty town and they're not considering like it's clean now. It looks good. They're doing a lot of technology. That's the main business there now. It's, it's different, but still, when you go back home, there's just a certain there's a certain cut of people there that just makes me feel comfortable. Mm. It's there. There's no pretense. You get. It's very apparent that no one is trying to impress anyone. You know, in terms of no one's really getting dressed up when no, they go out. No, it's just it's come as you are. And like the waitresses, first time they see you, they'll call you hun. Okay, hun, you ready to order or no? You just need more time. And that's how they talk to you. It's yeah. a very bizarre Pittsburghese sort of an accent, but it makes me feel so comfortable when I go back there. 
Yeah, it's a very um, blue-collar area. Very blue-collar, yes. Yeah, which is nice, though. I think so. It's it feel you know because you don't want you don't want to grow up in a pretentious culture. No, like Beverly Hills, that would be a tough place to grow up and yeah. to develop character. You have to you have to you have to search out character developing yeah. moments more. I think if you come from a yeah. real place of privilege, but if the general city that you're from just is has people who are working nine to fives, lunch pail yeah. kind of people, then that's good. So how did you how did you manage growing up knowing that Pittsburgh is a very tough town and and produces people with really thick skin, you, and you just co- sort of stood out so much. I mean, <laughs> you know, you're such an anomaly. Like, so uh, many people have asked this question. Yeah, you came from Pittsburgh. Yeah, you did with the hair. My hair I was mean, we're, we're thinking we're thinking you know old school yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers you know steel curtain t- tough rough and tumble mm-hmm. um, you know men like, oh, men right. and then there's you and then, <laughs> and it doesn't give you the same vibe does it no it's it a doesn't. little bit of a different take uh, you know the funny thing was when you grow up in Pittsburgh and you want to get into broadcasting you sort of have this far off dream of I'm going to go to California someday um, and then you get. I think as as you grow up, you think, I can't even get out of here. Even if I wanted to, there's probably a a wall that I'm not seeing, a Truman Show wall somewhere. We're just meant to. So many people there are born and raised there, and then they'll very often in generations prior, they get into the same line of work that mom or dad was in, and then they just stay there. So the concept of of like leaving, and then I went to college in California, Mm -hmm. and that was was such – a an abnormality for any of my friends to to leave the state beyond Ohio, which is our neighbor state. Outside of that, it was just insane to yeah. leave because it's like, wait, why don't you just stay? And then well, you'd stay fall off the edge of the world. What else is past Ohio? Yeah, and come to find out, there are more states. We thought it was just the original thirteen colonies, yeah. and that they stopped with that. Yeah, but I was really pumped on the flight out to California to find out that they kept building, and it looks <laughs> great. If you haven't had a chance to get across the country, it's really, really great. It is. But, you know, I thought I tried to get a job in Pittsburgh years ago. And uh, and I thought maybe that'd be fun. I could go work for the local news back in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And they said no. They said, we're good. To your point, they were yeah. like, you know what, buddy? Yeah, you don't really fit we're our. Okay. No, but I'm one of you. I grew yeah. up like, nah, you're. I was like, here, I have tape of uh, red carpet interviews. Do you want me to do the hard news for you? We're good. Thanks, yeah. man. We wish you success. How outward were you with your desire to go into broadcasting when you're growing up? Oh, I was, I was pretty outward with it. We used to have a channel. It was Channel 3. And they would just put a written newspaper story on there. And they had a low bed of music instrumental behind it. And it would stay up for a minute. So I would sit in front of that. And I would just read the article and try to time it so that it was within the 60 seconds. And then it would go to a sports story. And then it would go back to weather and then current events. And uh, that was from a young age that I did that. I... I waited when I knew someone like a local news personality. I once saw him back to department stores and fragrance counters. I saw David Johnson, a living legend in Pittsburgh. And I saw him, couldn't believe that he was there in person with a microphone. There was a camera. And I just sat and watched and thought, goodness gracious, he's doing it. And he's going to be live on TV right from there. They're making TV right there. And it was, it just, it just blew my mind. And I was just enamored with it all. From, from a very early age. I don't know if I ever, ever gave serious thought to a different line of work. Maybe mm-hmm. sales, 
Sales, I've always thought, would be really fun, the challenge of that. That's a really weird contrast. Yeah. It's either TV, TV guy personality or yeah. sales. You know, I just – I like the – I like trying to persuade somebody what of something. What type of sales? In, shoe sales. In, in, yeah, shoe sales. I'm thinking Al Bundy kind yeah. of. Um, I, you, I think maybe if I really picked it, I would sell people. So if I could be an agent. Oh, yeah. That would probably – now, but again, I would happily work car sales – and enjoy that, you know, the the challenge mm. of can I get these people out of here in a Ford Fusion? Yes or no? And then we find out an hour later. I think that there was something really compelling about that. But you talk to anybody in sales, it's not as glamorous as I make it out to be. Well, maybe Wolf of Wall Street. Never seen it. Just talked about it this morning. And the same look that you're giving me is the same look that I got earlier you today. You talked about that this morning on your radio show. Correct. And now we're talking about it now. You got it. It was meant to be. This is weird. And, and now we have it. UFOs. Now we have UFOs. Maybe they're the reason why there was this cosmic connection. Me, I didn't listen to your show this morning with Donna. What? But I felt maybe something. You sensed it. I sensed it. Yeah. Without even thinking about it. I guess I should watch. This means I should watch the movie. I you guess. should watch. You you actually should. It's it's really good. The, well, it's Donna really Valentine good. said it's the kind of movie where if it's on, she stops and she watches. It's just I'll watch this. Yeah. See, that's Goonies for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Throwback. Yeah, you know, uh, there's always everybody's been asked that, like, well, what's your favorite movie? And it's mm-hmm. so hard because there's so many different genres, mm-hmm. right? And the, tough you, question. You, yeah. Tough question. But I always go with, well, what what are some of my favorite movies that if I'm watching, I'm channel surfing, and I see it on, mm-hmm. I stop no matter where it's at. And t- to me, that's Goonies. So that means something to me. Okay. Now, how about you? I think I would go Ocean's Eleven. The first one, the very first one. No, but not like because that was a remake. Yeah, yeah, so there yeah. Was true, a, true, let's, true. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah, set that yeah. aside. The first one, Clooney, Brad Pitt, and the rest yeah. of the gang, Matt Damon. I mean, Don Cheadle. Cheadle's that great. That movie was so slick. It just, some movies are trying to tell you a story. They're trying to prove a point to you, maybe change your mind on something, make you aware of something. Other movies aren't concerned with that as much. No. And they just want you to feel a certain way. And by the end of that movie, you want to dress up in a nice suit and Steal from a casino. Yeah, go rob a bank somewhere. I would do something. Too. Yeah. Maybe later this afternoon we hit up a Wells Fargo. That's not true. We're not going to rob a bank in case anyone is listening. Wink, wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> Meet you at 4.30. <laughs> we'll be there. I'll bring the truck. <laughs> um, so going back to, to Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. knowing that you kind of had this, you were, you were basically Mike TV uh, growing up, and you wanted to do that. Like, was the, was the culture itself there – did it provide that sort of environment where you could – Was is it an artsy place like that? Like when you're in middle school and high school, like are the, are the arts well supported there? Did you f- – I never got that vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. Um, I think it is – It me saying that I wanted, wanted to get into TV or broadcasting was – that was the weird response. You know, as you're asking yeah. high school juniors and seniors, what yeah. do you want to do? That that was not common. There, there, to my knowledge, not a lot of schools that were there that had wonderful broadcasting departments or anything like that. And so then the notion of going somewhere else to study it, and I wanted to go to California, not because you know my alma mater, Azusa Pacific University. It's not like a broadcasting powerhouse, but for me, it felt like okay, they had a broadcasting department, and then I would be in the ether of Los mm, Angeles, right. and I'd be out there. And maybe that would provide different opportunities, experiences that otherwise staying in Pittsburgh or going to West Virginia or Ohio for college just wouldn't unless 
your plan was local news and my plan was never local right, news. Right. You know, because for I mean for every 500 local news jobs, there's one entertainment television job out there. They're just so few and far between. And so um, I don't think the path is usually college and life after college in middle America. You, if you're looking to get into entertainment television, very often you have to go to one of the coasts. Yeah. Hey, everybody. I'm happy to interrupt the show to thank my sponsors. None of this is possible without my sponsors. I want to thank Douglas and Todd, you beautiful, beautiful bourbon, Douglas and Todd. Gold medal winning Douglas and Todd bourbon is made right here in the great state of Minnesota. It is distilled in Osakis. It is bottled in Princeton. It is, it is distributed nationwide. Douglas and Todd bourbon. The reason why Douglas and Todd is so damn good and so rich and so bold and tastes so good is because of our Minnesota climate. They found out with the charred American oak barrels, which is not unique. That's how you make bourbon. But when you put it in the Minnesota climate, that extreme cold in the wintertime and that hot, humid heat in the summertime expands and contracts that wood so much so that it actually pulls the bourbon in and holds it and then releases it, all these beautiful flavors. And after four and a half to five years of just maturing in these oak barrels, out comes Douglas and Todd bourbon. If you don't know, go find you some at douglasandtodd.com. There's a store locator in the upper right-hand corner of the website. Put in your zip code or your address and you will find your nearest liquor store to find gold medal winning Douglas and Todd bourbon. Thank you, Douglas and Todd. And I'm super excited for my new partner, PreviMedica.com. I've been pretty open about my health and wellness journey. But if you don't know, let me give you a quick Cliff Notes version. Okay, back in 2006, I couldn't figure out why I was having full body hives to the point where my lips and my neck would swell. After months of doctors not really being able to figure it out, I got the advice to get a blood draw for a food sensitivity test. And lo and behold, I was sensitive to wheat gluten. I got off the gluten... And guess what? My hives went away. So I've been gluten-free since 2006. Then in 2012, I was battling some migraines, and I thought, oh, geez, here we go. Football player, migraines, I'm going downhill. And I thought, well, if the food test worked for the hives, maybe the food test can work for the migraines. So I went and got an all-cat food sensitivity test and found out I was severely sensitive to soy, which made a lot of sense because I was hammering the crap out of this plant-based protein powder. I got off the powder and the migraines went away. So now I'm a firm believer in that foods can not only be a source of nutrition, but also the cause of disease and abnormalities. So if you think that certain foods or maybe something in your environment may be the cause of your, let's say, gut issues, uh, skin issues, maybe it's just mental or emotional well-being, I highly recommend an all-cat food sensitivity test or one of the many tests offered by PreviMedica.com. When it comes to foods, you can test from 50 foods all the way up to 250 foods. Uh, also, herbs, molds, antibiotics, over-the-counter anti-inflammatories. Uh, they can even test for celiac disease, IBS, Crohn's, and also food additives and environmental chemicals. Get the peace of mind like I did and take control of your health with PreviMedica.com. And guess what? I'm even going to save you money. There's a promo code, Ben-20, for 20% off your order. I'm going to save you money on getting healthy at PreviMedica.com with the promo code, Ben-20. So I kind of joked with you about, about the Steel City being a tough town, and, and then, the, then there's you. But like, <laughs> but in, in truth, like, 
that sort of you had to develop sort of a mental toughness from your your desires and dreams to be in entertainment. Mm-hmm. Now, wherever that was going to take you at the time, you just wanted to be in front of the camera. You wanted to entertain people. It wasn't really an environment and a culture that supported that, but you still knew that that was your path and didn't get deterred by what the local culture and society was kind of telling you and making you feel. So in a way, like that probably made you mentally tough to kind of come through a town like that and be like, I, I'm going to I'm going to prove these people wrong. Well, you know, I think even more than that, you less less proving them wrong and more willing to just not do the common thing. Because you, like, remember growing up, we all have these situations where you see what the graduating class is before you do whoever the popular people are in high school, you see the jobs that they go on to or if they're doing college of any sort or trades. You just see kind of the bubble that awaits you. And so I think it's more a willingness to just step out and say, I'll try that the different thing. Right. And then, and then going across the country, I, I'm a real mama's boy, baby of the family. And so that was, so that was a the big biggest, leap for you. That was a challenge. The day that my... Now, I chased my girlfriend out to California. She is now my wife, so it all worked out. But so, And she was at the same school as me. She got in flying colors. I think I was let in on academic probation. Yeah. And, uh, but I got in. When my mom said goodbye at the end of the orientation weekend, we hugged each other as though we were hugging our corpses. We, as though it was, I will never see you again. I mean, I wept. And then I had to like walk back into the dorms and like everybody's having a good time and ma- making new friends. And you're like, and I was a mess. Um, that so that was difficult. And she like cried the whole flight home. I was the baby. And that's when you really have like a. It's not just another chapter. It's like there's a new book. Yeah. It's now she has no kids at home. I go home. I don't have brothers and sisters there. Home is no longer home. Ever yeah. again in the same way. And right? the and the thought of you not being able to come home just for the weekend, just to drive back. Yeah. You know, off to college and uh, at uh, a college station. Yes. And you're just going to make the drive back and you're going to see mom and have some home cooked meals and do the laundry. None of that. None of that. And my brother went to Penn State. And so it was, you know, that was a couple hours away in state college. And that was a reasonable opportunity yeah. um, that was that was right there. And it was difficult. But I, October of my freshman year, I came home for some some sort of a three-day weekend. And they flew me back, and I tried to convince them that I didn't want to go to Azusa Pacific University anymore. I wanted to come back. I wanted to live in Pennsylvania. I found a couple other universities in uh, in Philly on the other side of the state, one in New York. And I was like, I just I, ha- I have to be closer. And they held my feet to the fire, and they were like, you don't. You really? don't. You think that you do, but you don't. Oh, okay. good for them. Yeah. Even, even though even, my mom wanted me back, Yeah, I'm sure. But they knew long-term that was the best for you. Right. Yeah, it's like you just got to live in this discomfort for a little bit. And even your girlfriend was out there, now uh-huh. your wife. Did she have those same feelings too? No, no. She was. So you, were, <laughs> she you, was you were willing to leave her too? Yes. And I just thought, we'll do it long distance. And then we ended up breaking up at the end of the first semester. But it's okay, guys. We got back together. All is well. For but how long did you guys break up? We broke up for, I think we were apart for a full year. Like Christmas, I broke up with her like any gentleman does Mm -hmm. uh, the week before finals and tanked her GPA. And she still reminds me of that. But she she had her father out there. So that was like a reason for her to be out there. Her parents were divorced. Um, And I just thought we could make it work long distance. But yeah, we we were apart for a full year, December to December. You're sowing your wild oats. Yeah, you know, it, it, there was for sure. And she and I have talked about this. There's this element of I went to a private Christian high school. 12 people 
were in my graduated Whoa. class. Graduated top 10. And so when I got to this, now granted, I went to a small college. I mean, there were only 4,000 people at Azusa Pacific University. But for me, that felt huge. Huge. Yeah. Well, and, you're also you're also just on the outskirts of a huge, major metropolitan area in Los yes. Angeles. There's this energy that's yeah. out there of, I've been living in this small town in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Maybe there's more to see. And so there was an element um, of that. And thank God we survived it. And, you know, and now uh, we, you know, we got married a few years later and we've now been married for 15 years. Yeah. Good um, for you. We got married young, 21. Yeah. Well, that's not too young. That's kind of, not, I tell people now. No. Though, yeah, well, now. They like I'm crazy. Like I have two heads. Yeah. Senior year. We were going into senior year of college when we got married. Yeah. You know, my wife and I are pretty much the same way. Like she's a year older than me. We got engaged my senior year. So she was already graduated. Um, and it was two years after, basically two years after that, then we then we got married. So we were young too. I mean, I was yeah. like, what, 23? I need more of yous in my yeah. life. More of the Ben Liebers of the world. Because when I tell people, truly, they look at me like. But well, you guys didn't have kids right away either then. No, we waited five years. Yeah, see, mm-hmm. that, see that's where I think it's different. Okay. When you, I think when you meet a, a married couple and they're like, oh yeah, we had kids at like 22, 23, you're like, whoa, yeah. what? Yeah, that's, that's a, really young. It's a different journey. Yeah, I was twenty nine when I had a, when I had our first kid. Yeah, and I was glad. I was glad. I don't. I don't think I would have done it any other way. I, I've got a buddy that did this. Did what I was just talking about. They got married, had kids like within the first. They were pregnant within the first year of their marriage, mm-hmm. and and he looks at it like obviously he he loves it because he's like, hey, we're gonna be empty nesters and still super young, and and, and the other side of the coin. Yeah, sure. and I'm like, I was too stupid to have kids then. Yeah, I was too dumb. I was too immature. You know, there's something about that. I think we all do that, though. We look back in hindsight and kind of like we Monday morning quarterback our life's decisions or as we see other people and think that. But I bet you would have been you would have learned maybe and you would have done it differently and you would have had a different energy about it, different perspectives, different takes on how to parent different issues. But I I, I think I'm old fashioned in the way that I I think because I hear people say a lot. I didn't even know who I was in my 20s. But I call bull crap on that because I don't – like I'll be different today than I am 10 years. I'll be 47. I bet you I'll be very different then. Mm-hmm. And I'm different now than I was when I was 27. Same will go for 57. So there, I think there's some good intention caution of, hey, this is big, and make sure that you are prepared. And then only to find out you can never totally be prepared. There's always a surprise ending every day at some point with your kids. And so I'm, I'm old-fashioned like – when you find the person, love them, commit to them, and live that messy marriage. Well, yeah, together. because I, I realize that raising kids, no matter how old you are now, obviously, if you're 14, 15, that's a little different. Uh, yeah, I'm little, out of here. A little different, yeah, but uh, weird dynamics. Um, it's messy, it's mm-hmm. not perfect. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've certainly learned that now, but there's been, like, my brother and I joke all the time when we talk about it's, it's wild that we kind of have a similar personality when you or perspective and the fact that there's these big life moments that happen like with your kids. Mm-hmm. But it's not like the movies or TV shows where the music comes on and like you kind of wish it would. Yeah, you you're kind of prepared yeah. for this moment. Yeah. You're off doing some other shit and your mind's some other place <laughs> and like and then you know, your son or daughter comes over and they're like, "Daddy." And they they have this very serious question. Mm-hmm. And you're like, "I'm supposed to drop everything right now?" And, yeah. like, give you some, like, really good advice. Yeah, I'm, I'm not ready for that. I'm mowing the lawn. I'm about to mow yeah. the lawn. You get that? So he's going to have to wait. <laughs> Whereas in the movie, it's this beautiful yeah, build-up. You know it's coming. 
And she comes, she's going to ask And you the never question. know what they're going to remember. Never. Like, I, I bring stuff up to my parents all the time now. And I'm like, oh, yes, remember that? Dad, I remember you and I having this discussion. He's like, I don't remember that. He has no clue. He has no clue. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, but that was so like, it's like so formidable in my life. Yes. How do you not remember that? And my kids have started doing that. They'll, they'll say, do you remember when we were? And I'm like, no, I forget. And then you, but it, I guess that should be, should we feel good about that? Maybe we should feel good about that. Maybe it means that they just see these little moments, I guess for better or worse, and they become these impactful sort of paradigm shifting moments and memories for them. But it also takes a little bit of the pressure off of, I love a manufactured moment. I love watching a movie and knowing it's coming. I love Disney World because they're manufacturing the feeling. And I just lean fully into that. I want the music swelling. I want it all. But we don't have to put pressure on ourselves because the little things that they remember and the things that make up a beautiful life are those moments when you were about to change the oil and then your daughter comes up and says, I need to ask you this. Thank you for thinking that I changed my own oil. (laughs) Thank you. God, that makes Where else do you get your muscles from? I thought it was from like, uh, what is it, a crankshaft or a... Yeah, a just, rotor, a motor, a belt. There's a belt file, in there. Filing down my pistons, making sure. Oh, they... my pistons are tight right now. <laughs> I don't know. My my <laughs> my, my dad uh, rode a motorcycle for years. He drag raced a motorcycle, and I did it for one summer. I drag raced a motorcycle. Had a bald head like yours and a full beard, and I knew I never learned anything about how cars work. I know nothing. Hmm. He also was a carpenter early in his life. I nothing. know nothing about woodworking. Nothing. So you knew that when you twist the handle, it goes, and that's about it. Righty tighty. Yep. Lefty loosey. And yep. after that, call somebody. Yeah. Hire it out. Yeah. And don't be ashamed. Here, let me just show you this picture while we have it. Yeah. And uh, anyone listening, you can just go back. But I actually just had to pull this up today. This is me in another life. That is not you. This is me. I was how old? 20. 20. I believe. 20 years old. Okay. Bald head like yours. Mm-hmm. That's bald. Kind of a terrorist vibe with the beard. I was just going to say... Yeah. Shouldn't be traveling. It, <laughs> I'm on a do not fly list with that beard. I, I do not look trustworthy with that look. Um, but you would think he would know something about cars and how to woodwork. Now you look at me, yeah. that guy hires everything. So else. why don't you just go ahead and lean back in that Barker lounger and let's talk. So yeah. so what was your mindset at that moment in time? Yeah, I where, was, where um, were you mentally, I was emotionally? I was exploring new parts of me. And a uh, motorcycle will do something to a man, Ben. You ever been on a, on a hog? I have not. Stra- oh, have you not ridden a I motorcycle? Have I, n- I, have, I have not. Hang what? on. Yes. This is great because I just want you to know. Yeah. you're. This makes me feel yeah, more know. manly than you. And that is really great. Oh, I'd love to take you out sometime. You can ride on the back. Of your, hold gold, on of to your my, gold wing? Yeah. You hold on to my hotches on the side. Whatever you can get. Any part of my flesh is now your flesh. You hear me? <laughs> of your Can-Am? Get on your it, real, buddy. Your real hot three-wheeled bike? Yeah, it's a trike. I don't know how to balance. But anyway, you're going to love it, man. It's me, you, the open air. Teach you a thing or two. So you did it for one year and you haven't gotten back on a bike? Pretty much, yeah. I find them to be largely terrifying motorcycles. Yeah. And uh, my dad made me read a, a book called Proficient Motorcycling before I, before I got on a motorcycle. And in the first chapter, it tells you about a guy who got into a head-on collision who was decapitated. Hmm. And his head was still in the helmet. I don't know what the takeaway is. Is it to wear a helmet? Or is it to just don't get into head-on collisions if you can avoid them? I don't think the helmet did anything to save him at all. Unless I'm guessing not. I mean, I haven't seen the full autopsy, but I'm, sure. you know, <laughs> may, maybe there was a maybe they put the head out for a viewing in the helmet. Yeah, he could have had just a traumatic brain injury, injury which killed him. Sure, but my 
My guess, yep, very amateur guess, mm-hmm. is that um, his head was severed from his body. His body. And we believe that to be the major cause of death yeah. in his particular situation. So that was the book I read, and that's why I don't write it. And the helmet's in pristine condition. It's looking good. Yeah. Yep, it's a, I think it's a Bell helmet, really top shelf protective equipment. <laughs> not a scratch on yeah. it. Yeah. No, the helmet did great. It was only... The helmet tested out great. It was the severed head yeah. that ended up killing him. Yeah, well, we don't know that for sure. Again, yeah, awaiting that's not confirmed. results. Yeah, this happened 20 years ago, and for any decapitation, it's a 30-year runtime for an autopsy. Yeah. No, you're talking to a guy that has never ridden a motorcycle, other than like the little kid one when I was like a little kid, and it was like the, I don't know, like the little 50 cc's and yeah. whatever. Those can kill you too. Yeah, they can kill you too. Uh, it was super fun. I never really caught the bug though. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also just got my first tattoo last year, so like I'm really? I'm like really far behind the whole mainstream culture thing here. I don't. I did you have ink? <laughs> you got I've ink, got bro? Ink. Where's your ink, ink, man? Is it? Is it only only the? Well, it's a good thing we're not filming this because I I can show. Where is your? I actually can show you. All right, it's right there. Oh my gosh, you got it right. Oh, and it's the name of your children. That's great. Now that's the kind of tattoo that I would get. That's meaningful. You'll never regret that. Yeah. Whereas, like a Tasmanian devil from Looney Tunes, there's a whole subset of the population right now that is upset about what they did. Yep. Not you. That's beautiful. I'm thinking about getting every. Every historical figure and every statue that's been taken down or cancel cultured, mm. like a mural on my back. As just sort of a jumping off point for conversation? Yes. Yep. I think this is uh, bold and ill-advised. Oh, ill-advised? <laughs> I think it might be, but I salute you and I, I will stand with you. I was thinking about getting like a, um, like a General Lee on my neck. Mm. This is aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. On your neck. What if yeah, we Yeah, because I just one? want it to be like... Out there, like this is this is who I am. I just want to uh, I want to attack some of these things that 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 maybe are big discussion points. Like, mm. hey, when you meet me, let's have a let's have a conversation. And, lar- and by I think a lot of people who are listening would agree that if they saw someone with that tattoo on their neck, they would think I should go have a calm conversation with him. Mm-hmm. I bet we'd have a good sharing of ideas. I I think so. Hmm. I think that opens the door right away for just casual conversation. <laughs> respectful, mutually very respectful, respectful non judgmental. I want to hear I'm not your side shout of you it. down. Help me learn some things. I'll I'll help teach you some things. Yeah. I think this is why don't we do this? Why don't we table that for now? Okay. And maybe let it simmer. Yeah. And maybe even another option is never do it, but let's just at a minimum table it for 6 to 12 months. Two yeah. years. Two years. And then okay. we circle back and see, because you remember, they say this about every tattoo. Just wait and see if you still want it in a month. Or well, in. you know what? They, they, everybody told me, I, I've been contemplating a tattoo now for years, and they mm-hmm. always say, if you get one, you're going to get more. Yeah. And I, I'm now leaning towards neck tattoo. Mm, I went from mm. thigh tattoo, and I, under, I get what they're saying. Like, it's kind of mildly addictive, so I think mm. I should just go right to neck or face. I think we keep it under your pants. For now, I want mm. all of the ink to be where it's just a special blessing for your wife at the end of the night as you cleanse your body after a long day's toil. And she gets to survey the art and she can then ask you questions about some of the controversial figures that you have tattooed on your butt. Yeah. This is a good plan. It's a good plan. Do you have ink? I don't. No, do I have ink? Well, you're, that's you're nice like, of you to even ask. You're like a motorcycle guy that knows how to like, do all these. Me. If I would have had a tattoo, I would have had it removed by now. Look at me. No one would ever buy me having a tattoo. They look at me and think, look at this numbnuts with that well, hair. Well, see, most people don't even know I have a tattoo because you don't see it. Yeah, well. So you could get something meaningful in a tasteful spot that nobody's going to see other than your lovely wife and maybe your kids. Mm, kind of like Miss 
on one inner thigh, Tyrius on the other yep. inner thigh. Put yep. them together. Mysterious. Yep. Yeah, let's table that too. Maybe, maybe never we a both. thought. Never a thought though. I used to think of getting like the, the crest of my last name Patterson, the crest of it on my back. This is you guys have a crest. We have a crest. Oh, you guys don't have a crest. No, wow, we just have empires. Don't worry about it. Embarrassing. Okay, I mean, um, we've we've only started civilizations. You ever heard of the Mongols? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I represent the the Scottish and the Irish, and we have crests where we come from, where my people originate from. There's a family crest. You know us by our crest. So I thought, how about that on my right angel wing or scapula for you nerds I, if, out there? If my family had a crest, mm-hmm. I would absolutely have that somewhere. Yeah. Tattooed and inked on my body. Yeah. That's so cool. Maybe you should. Do you have like stationary? Do you have personal stationary? No. Should I? No, I don't know. Do like you? It, no, but people do. I, I know. don't know. No, listen. I no, I don't want to offend you if you're this kind of person. I work with someone who's this kind of a person, and she knows that I don't feel good about these kind of people. I'm going to get canceled. Monogrammers? Oh. I'm not huge into monogramming, and so I don't have stationery that says SGP mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. I don't have robes with my initials. My dad used to get his shirts monogrammed. It's just not my jam. I just got to – so that's why if I can't monogram, I can't go to the crest. Uh, we are at the uh, – about the 3555 mark of the podcast, and I want everybody to mark that because okay. um, this is that's, that is where you're going to get canceled. canceled and I've been waiting, and it's going to happen at some point. Any of us in front of a microphone just keeps waiting. What will I end up getting canceled for? This will be interesting. Yeah. It could be that. It's the, it's you, you went after the monogram mafia. I'm anti-monogram, and I'm uh, loud and proud about it, and I'm not going to take it back. Bold stance there. Those are some me. of the only people I could beat in a fight are monogram people. So you're just going to walk into Joanne's and just beat everybody up? Listen, man. You I'm could. not going to pick no, the fight. I guess, like, you're not going to pick the fight, but I you would could. defend myself, and I – listen – Another thing that you haven't asked me about, good research, is I did two weeks of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Two mm. weeks at a dojo. Did you even earn a white belt, or was that just like a piece of twine that was wrapped around your gi? That is offensive. And first of all, I was given the gi by the sensei of sorts. forget what we call him. Uh, but he was my neighbor in Anaheim, and he ran the, the thing, and he said, come down. And then I went. He gave me a gi. With the, it's a blue belt because the gi was blue, so it was just a monochromatic. I asked for something monochromatic for pictures, and uh, he had a two, weeks. two I'm, weeks. I'm not saying that I would rear naked choke you. I'm just saying don't cross me. You get it, right? Yeah, and I know that you can't run away from me because you gave, you gave up your running regimen like a while back. A long time ago. Yeah, I, two, two summers ago I was going to do – uh, rep dates, running updates, where I just ran for 30 days and just documented it, and we talk about it. Yeah. And I ran four times in a span of, I think, eight days, and then yeah. I retired it. It's amazing that you're so successful, but yet <laughs> such a failure. <laughs> like, how do you have so much, you have so much, like, willpower so and many, desire yeah, and determination to yeah. go from Pittsburgh yeah. to Azusa Pacific. Mm-hmm. Uh, you started your own website. You yeah. worked for Reels. You're, wa- you're talking red carpet stuff. You're co-host um, of, of Twin Cities Live here in the Twin Cities. you got a radio show that you did before this. But yet you're so soft yeah. mentally. It's Scientists will study me when I'm dead. Yeah. How did he do it? Because he was so good. You know what I'm great at? Starting things. I am in love with the idea yeah. of things. Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea of reading so much more than I love reading. Like, and even when I'm reading, I like to think about the book during the day. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to read that. But then when I read it, I'm like, 
We should put this what book if it, down. What if it's a bag of Doritos? I can finish it. Exactly. I'm a whole bag kind of a guy. Yes. I ate half of a Tupperware of Ritz crackers last night. I was carb loading for this interview and, and salt loading, and it was delicious. And I could have done the whole thing. I don't know why oh, I stopped. Oh, you stopped yourself. I stopped. I stopped. I quit. You I quit. quit. You quit. I quit again. Just what I thought. I had one thing. That's my kryptonite, though. So I, full bags of chips at the end of the night. Maybe that's your, maybe that's your back tattoo is a list of failures. Mm, okay. I'm listening. I like this. The things that you've started. Mm-hmm. Great ambition. Yes. That you've failed at and <laughs> flat out quit. What if I did this? More simple. And I have this all documented on my Kindle. Just book covers. And at the top, it says books I didn't finish. And then it's, and as I don't finish one, statute of limitations, let's say, is a year. Right. Add another one. And then I keep going in for more ink. Because I just looked at the Kindle app last night. And it tells you if you read the book or not now. It puts a banner over it. It says oh. read. You oh, read yeah. it. Yeah, you did it. You'd, I you only checked found that, box. that on a few of them. I have a lot of books on there. And there were just a few that I completed. What's that say if you start a self-help book and then you don't finish it? I started the book, this is true, called Getting Things Done. And I bailed after page 60-ish. It's like a 400-page book. So that was an eye-opening well, moment for me. On. Who Who has a 400-page book? He was smart. I- he knew stuff. He had a filing system. You were supposed to do a filing system with your mail and your to-dos. Nobody has that sort of time. It's well regarded in the self-help community. Read the book, Getting Things Done. That's like a that's like a hundred page book, not a four hundred page book. I feel book. like we could pamphlet that. You I probably think we could. could do that in about loose leaf staple. <laughs> it doesn't need to be bound. That kind yeah. of a book, but he did and I quit. I quit on the book Getting Things Done. Jeez. This is where I cry, I bet. This is Honest question. Uh huh. How many hours do you talk in front of a microphone a day? I know this has kind of been thrown in there because we're sandwiching, sandwiching this between your radio show and your, your TV show. Yeah, let's see here. But, I, but your switch is on a lot of hours. Well, I'm, you know, on the air 9 to noon. Yeah. Um, on the Don and Steve show on My Talk 107.1. Mm-hmm. Download the app. And then I'm on Twin Cities Live 3 to 4.30. Uh, so, I mean, you got four and a half hours every day. It's – I don't feel as tired of talking as – most people think I would or should, but I, I like turn it off. You know, like when I get home, I can be, people will always ask my wife, what's it like living with him? Either he must be making you laugh or trying to make you laugh all the time, or he's just crazy nonstop fun. Meanwhile, any of our significant others know, like your wife knows all of you. The public knows Ben Lieber, who they see on TV and who they hear on the radio. Right. Um, and that's the real you, but that's real presentational you. Yeah, that's an amplified version of you. I think it's best, yeah. It's always best if you can just turn your own volume up, but you're still you, as opposed to the bad way to do it is like you're switching out CDs and I put on this you know, shtick, this full other act when I'm on camera uh, behind a microphone. But I can be very like chill at home. I can be very laid back. Now I have four kids and so... They're always, you know, requesting some sort of engagement. And I want to Mm -hmm. give them good energy, you know. And so I don't just want to, like, be all tuckered out by the time I get home. I have a long commute home. I live in Chaska, work in the Twin Cities. And so that's 30 miles. So that that gives me time to decompress, just listen to something. And then by the time I get home, sometimes I'll sit in the driveway and I'll remind myself, like – and I should do this more often, but on the good days, I'll remind myself 
like now there's the most important work is in there. So you can't just, hey, I, I work today and I'm tired of talking. There's you've got to engage now, you know. Yeah. And some days I do better at that than others. Yeah, I kind of wish when I when I was playing for the Vikes, uh, I've always lived in Edina. And so from Winter Park at the time to my house it was about a 10, 12 minute drive, mm. 12 minute drive. That's quick. It's quick. That's almost too quick. It's too quick. I wouldn't want that. There's too many times where I'm like, I need a longer drive. Yeah. I'm not fully decompressed and feeling sorry for myself yet. I need more time to conjure up pity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got I to, gotta like, talk myself out of this hole before I walk in the house. But uh, I would have liked a longer drive. No, I'm sure at times it probably is like, oh, my gosh, I still got yeah. traffic or whatever, and you just want to be home, or you got to be home by a certain time, and you're just kind of watching the clock and just uh, and doing all that stuff. But um, There's a happy medium. Yeah, yeah. there's a happy medium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I'm always curious because I, I love following your stuff on social media, and I do think that you are naturally a funny, funny person. I don't think that you have to, like, try too hard to be funny. How, 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 what is the thought process for some of your bits, like some of the content? Let's say, like, your, your updates. Like, mm-hmm. how does, what's the genesis of something like that? Are you and your wife just talking about, like, yeah, I should probably get in shape and maybe I should start running? And she's like, yeah, and maybe you should film it. Is it just, is it that simple? That probably makes it sound even too advanced. Right. First of all, she, she never knows anything that I'm doing on social media unless I show her or she stumbles across it. She is, my wife has pretty much an inactive Instagram account um, and very rarely is checking anything. So she is never involved in, oh, you should do something like that. Um, it's usually me just saying, look at this stupid thing I just did. The Like updates and content in my car where sometimes I'll just turn the yeah, you just phone on and just, yeah. yeah. It's, sometimes I'll have an idea like while I'm driving home and then I'll think, oh, this is something funny I want to talk about. And then you just shoot it and, you know, see how it comes out. And then if ever I feel like, oh, I like totally – because I'll usually just do it within Instagram. And so you have to like hold the button down and then yeah. it's – you have 60 seconds. So then I've had things where it has screwed up and done the whole thing. And I'm like, okay, that seems good. And then I play it and there's no audio at all. The audio, for whatever reason, just something buggy. Yeah. And then I'm sitting there like, do I really – want to take another five minutes to do this and to re-record and then to check. And then sometimes I was like, screw it. I'm just going home. And then I'll, you know, something else will come to mind, but generally just from a random idea. And then I should just say something. And if I think it's amusing, then maybe it'll amuse somebody else. Yeah. Well, it always is usually amusing because um, you have a, you have kind of this naturally like comedic pause in the way that you address the camera and you're just kind of like in free thought, you know, whereas, I'm 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 so terrible at social media. Like I don't even really know how to. I don't know how to tweet. I know I get Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Instagram you're not good on so Instagram. much. No, oh, you're but doing Insta- great. Uh, Instagram's like I watch your after every Vikings game. I go. I turn you on yeah, to see what those, you're uh, upset oh God, about. I hate those things. No, but, they're great. Well, I I. It's not like anybody's forcing me to do them. It's yeah. just that unlike you, just turned on Instagram and just like just hitting the record. Yeah. I, I'm like that. That's probably my eighth take. Sure. No, and I've you had know, times when I'm I, I go through my phone and I'm like, oh my lord, did I just do eleven takes of about yeah. a gas station selling live bait? <laughs> that couldn't have been a good use of my time. Yes. I should have gone yes. into the house and helped with the children. I'm like I'm so not natural at this thing. I'm uh, hey guys. Uh, oh god, that was stupid. Okay, I know. Uh, uh, del- the worst part del- is delete that one forever. Okay. When you have a really good like first forty five seconds, and when I'm trying to do it within a minute on Instagram, and then second fifty three. Yeah. 
you just totally crap. Blah, the bed. Blah, like, blah, ah, blah, this blah, is stupid. Blah. I am not a full grown adult. Why am I? Why am I doing this? Why? No, but you're doing. You do great. I just think it's. Uh, I look at the people that I that I like on Instagram. Like, oh man, it looks so easy. And then I and I go. I'm like, then I start doing the thing. I'm, I'm wasting so much time doing this stupid video. Mm-hmm. Yes. Why am I doing this? Yeah. I feel that way about TikTok. Like uh, I have a lot of people say, you should get on TikTok. TikTok TikTok is made for just like weird people. So you would do great there. It seems like so much work with what they're doing. And it just, I have Well, there's so much production to it, right? Yeah. And I think what you need to do there is you have to do a 30 minute or a one hour TikTok tutorial on YouTube and like legitimately take notes so you can figure out how to make it look good, how to do this editing trick. Otherwise it's, I just have, I think it requires, you got to do it right. Otherwise, it'll just be stupid. Yeah. Chuggy, it'll be chuggy. Nobody wants to chuggy. be chuggy. What's chuggy? Oh, man. I mean, well, you're an 80s kid. I, uh, I, I mean, just, what year were you born? 78. That's disgusting. Uh-huh. Okay, I want to tell you about this. Chuggy is a word that just came out, that just got popular a week or two oh, ago. Oh, so it's been around just being popular. Apparently, it like came out years ago, but really got popular on TikTok a couple weeks ago, and it's referencing adults who think they're being hip still and aren't. So, for instance, if you're wearing like a Dunder Mifflin shirt, something about the office, you're chuggy. You yeah. think you're hip, yeah. but you're chuggy. Yeah. Live, laugh, love sign, chuggy. Anything that a lot of typical adults like is chuggy now. I didn't mean to bring that up. I knew that so it would it's, throw it's, it's kind of in some ways, um, well, maybe not. I'm, I'm just such a big fan of Dr. Rick on TV. He's that great. He's great. He's great. So I feel like some of those things, like, I feel like he could step in and be like, you're being chuggy. Yes. Yes. And I would receive it better than I do from a 16-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Then, I, then I'm just like, well, you think that's chuggy. I'm about to show you the full chug. So I should stop tight rolling my jeans? No. Don't. That's Oh, don't. No. Resist. We are part of the resistance, oh, I'm so Ben. so confused. It's like Star Wars, which, by the way, is chuggy. That's Resist. chuggy now? It's all chuggy. This, what we're doing right now? Podcast? Chuggy. I know. It's so outdated already. This is What's a the waste next big of thing? my time. I tried Clubhouse. Mm. Have you tried Clubhouse? That's the, that's the social network uh, where you like invite special people? Yeah. It, it, the best way I can describe it, it, it's, like, it's like you're walking the long hallway of a convention center. And, and <laughs> yeah. a great thing. Yeah. Pitch. Yeah. So you can be wearing whatever you want. It's a f- fictional deal. Okay. So uh, picture yourself when whatever you're doing. Uh, you you've got your mysterious tattoo between your legs. Yes. Um, uh, so you every room then is just a different topic of speakers. So like on the placard, it might be, um, oh. hey, you know, Steve Patterson's doing a. Um, a TV tutorial on like what it takes to to make it in the TV business, and then it's like all these people kind of gather in that room. Oh, and they have like a little panel, and you can act, ask ask people to come up to the front of the the panel and be. Can guest we make speakers. money on this? I guess so. I think it's kind of right. like any social media where you can like have things sponsored. I'm back in, but uh, and you can just quietly walk out of that room and walk down the, the hallway and really? say, "Oh, there's oh, apparently Elon Musk just joined that room and he's doing a." A Bitcoin seminar tutorial. on something, right? So it's like a big wow. world like where you can just walk in and pop into these. And then you can schedule things. And so it's kind of like a podcast uh, sort of thing. I, but I can't get into it I, it's I, another thing. It's another thing. And we all have our limit. And we just have to know when we say no more things. Yeah. And in order for me to add another thing, I'm going to have to remove a thing. And I don't know what to remove right now. Yeah. So no, no TikTok and no Clubhouse for me. I know. 
I know. And I even, much. I went as so far as I contacted a friend of mine that's, that apparently is pretty big on TikTok mm-hmm. and, or on, uh, on Clubhouse. And she told me like, okay, here's what you got to do. And I took all these notes and she's yeah. like, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. It's such a great way to, to do this and, and learn things and, and, and connect with people. And I never actively did it. Yeah. Like I just, I couldn't for the life of me. I'm like, I'm already listening to too many podcasts where my wife's like, get that stupid thing out of your ear. Cause you're not right. paying attention to the family. Right. Um, and I'm like, yeah, that's for good reason. That's actually, <laughs> I'm doing that on purpose. Yeah, have you heard yourselves, guys? Yeah. It's very annoying, yeah. the tone Very annoying, right and so I'm trying to learn yeah. something here, okay? <laughs> um, so I'm already distracted by other things. Yeah. So I don't need another thing. I hear you. And it just sometimes it feels silly to take notes. Like I was talking about, you did it on Clubhouse. I was talking about it on TikTok. It feels silly mm-hmm. to do that, you know? It just, and that's probably my own, I've placed like that stigma on it. Where I think, should I be doing this? What's the point of this? Just do what you're already doing. But I bet if we learned it and we're fluent in clubhouse language or TikTok, we'd be telling people all the good reasons why yeah. they should do it. Yeah. And plus, it's another thing to suck you in. Even if you're not participating necessarily, making content. Right. You're scrolling. You're scrolling. Mm-hmm. Then and our wife's f- like, hey, I'm holding a clubhouse right here in the kitchen. It's called Help Me With The Dishes. Here's how you do it. Watch, yeah. hands on. Let's do and it. And I say, shut up. That's your job. <laughs> okay. And that always goes over super great, right? It does. In, this, in, in our 1950s household, it goes over great. You are just the voice that uh, 2021 <laughs> was waiting. They were like, we need one more person to cancel. Lever just stepped up. He volunteered. Yeah, I said, I'm going to be out in the garage changing mm. the oil again. 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 Because yes. it's, it's every thousand miles, right? Yeah, sure. Yes. Yeah, car guys, car talk. Yeah, every mm-hmm. thousand miles. I thought it was every trip. Once Could you park every... it, you're supposed to change it. It's park it, change it, Yep. and polish it, right? It's so does there. your car just live on the ramps? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. I yeah. just I go right my in. My friends have those. I really want to want to get that way. I can just I can slide my little uh, that little flat cart with the crooked wheels. Yes. Yeah. I can just kind yep. of slide that underneath. That is the most terrifying moment for me when I pull in to get my oil changed, and those guys are waving me on and they're saying a little to the left, and I'm you know what's at risk yeah. here? Yeah. Is your car and you falling into an abyss at Valvoline? Yeah. How do they get you out? If they don't, you're there. You're an employee there now. Yeah. You and work, the embarrassment. You go right to stall five and start working on something. Well, you probably kill car. somebody too. It, you, yes. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm in jail. What the hell just happened in this conversation? Where how'd we get Well, there? and that's why we do our own oil changes. That's right. As men, yeah. <clears throat> old fashioned fellas. <clears throat> yeah. We don't know how to do that. Yeah. Well, I've been doing some manly work. I got a chainsaw. Oh, nice. I thought about getting power tools recently. Yeah. You got to be careful with that. Yeah. You know, I was chainsawing a pair of shorts the other day, and somebody advised me. <laughs> Ah, you probably shouldn't do that. I'm like, well, I have eye protection on. Yeah, man. And how do you get the phrase if you don't use a chainsaw? Exactly. You got Like, to. how do I get the ripped up look? Did you really buy a chainsaw? Yeah. Yeah, I had some I had some work to do around the yard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, just it, it was it, the, the diameter of the wood was too big. To, my, my little loppers just weren't going to work. Right. So I said, I'm going to get myself a chainsaw. Okay. I pruned a hydrangea limelight tree last night with... School scissors. Ooh. So when they tell you you need loppers or just basic pruning shears, I would tell you this. If you use the knife sharpener from your mm-hmm. little block, you get any scissors. Mm-hmm. You can make any scissors very sharp if you sharpen them long enough. And I was out there like Mr. Miyagi pruning. God, look at you. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to. You are such a renaissance man. Saying, Thank you, Ben. This is what people don't know about me. I prune. Were you doing that? Were you doing that right off? You jumped right after you jumped off of your bike. Mm-hmm. You had your leathers on. Yes, assless chaps. Yep, which and all chaps are. By and the your way. wife's 
Yeah, they are, aren't they? Yeah, none of them cover your butt. Yeah. It's kind of it's part of the word you should probably just throw out. Just say chaps. Chaps. That's and everybody exactly just right. knows. It's they know what we're talking about. But that's yeah. It. yeah that's but it is a better home. visual to say assless. Yeah. So that they're immediately starting there. Although I just visualize somebody without an ass. Oh, so you're taking that in a very different yeah, way. Yeah, I took that like, a little too literal. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> my goodness, now I'm imagining it. Yeah, it's where weird do deal. they split? Do they ever split? Are they just one block of a person? I don't know. I don't know. This is why people tune in, though, right? This is why people tune in. Um, so your um, your career, where does it go from here? Where do you want it to go? This is a, we went right from assless chaps into a very deep, yeah. serious question. Where does it go from here? I mean, um, you're not from here, mm-hmm. although it seems like you've really ingrained yourself in into the Twin Cities in Minnesota. I'd like to think of it as I force myself on that. Oh, that's, that's all right. Um, I, I hope that it, I hope that it stays here. That's what I'd like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the ideal, if I could dream up a scenario, it would be, I love both of the jobs that I have, the Don and Steve show, Twin Cities Live. I love them both for very different reasons and I enjoy them both very differently. Um, but if I, if the dream scenario would be, if you could also score like a game show that shoots for four weeks a season and you plow through mm. five shows in a mm-hmm. day, you know, if I could do something like that, that would be, that would be really fun. But I've spent a lot of time thinking about that over the last few years. And it's navigating your career is tricky because it's very rarely black and white. It's very often gray. And you have to really figure out what, what is the purpose of what you do, um, which can then all, instantly make new opportunities that you dream up in your head a little less sexy when you start thinking like, really, what's the purpose behind work? And, and it just, I, I'm also of the mind that once you get a new job for most jobs, now there's a national job out there that I'm sure everybody has on their dream spot in the world of broadcasting. Putting that aside though, you know, like if you market chase, so we're in Minneapolis and many people would say they want to make it to Chicago. They want to go to LA or New York. After you announce that on social media, Mm. The work is the work. And so you get this momentary, your ego, the smaller you is what I always refer to it as. The smaller you wants that accolade of, look at what I just accomplished. I can tell people they'll congratulate you and then you go up to that next thing. But when you get there, you're on a set. Your Our view is always the same on a television set. We're looking at the camera. We're li- looking at the least pretty part. So it always looks the same. Chicago, New York, LA, Minneapolis. Yeah. And you've just got to love the work. And then you got to figure out what do you want life to look like? And what does, what does a good life consist of? Where is that? And sure, there's, there's more money in other markets, but at the cost of uprooting your family. Right. And I, I find that I would be very hard-pressed to tell my kids, hey, we're going to move. And we live right down the street from my sister and three nephews and my brother-in-law intentionally we live there that's why i live so non-strategically placed to the twin cities is to be very close to family so they're getting this cousin life my kids are i cannot imagine the scenario where i say hey dad got offered a job in chicago and i know we have to uproot the good news is it pays double and the kids are like yeah we don't yeah we don't care i don't care yeah we got everything that we want every yeah and it it just over the last Five years, I have, I think, gotten more grounded in, you know, what do I want my yeah. career to look like? But 
there was a very interesting situation that happened right after the first time that I was on live with Kelly and Ryan. Mm-hmm. I actually was on with them like five years ago in 2014. Did a polar vortex thing. It was funny. It, it went over well. I shouldn't be the one yeah, to say no, it was funny. It was, funny. It over it was well. funny. You can say that. It was funny. Um, and that was back when it was Kelly and Michael. And then a few years later, five years later, in 2019, I did that. Um, this polar vortex with the St. Paul Winter Carnival. And so it kind of went viral and it had they had millions of views with it. We had millions of views with it. It was really fun. Um, that Maybe it was that afternoon or the next afternoon. I'm at my desk preparing for Twin Cities Live. And first of all, you have to kind of deal with, and that was such a bizarre moment because you're going from this weird thing that happened that hit to I got a show I got to do and we got to do the show. And I get an email from creative artist agency, CAA, yep. big, big, big deal big, agency yep. out in Hollywood. And I think they have offices in New York too. Anyway, they were like, Steve, we saw the story. We loved your bit, saw the old one too. We think this one was better than the last one. I'm, I'm this person. I have my team of, let's call them Carl and Tom. They're here too. And we'd love to talk with you to brainstorm. What are you trying to do with your career? Where do you want to go? And I'm like sitting at my desk silently, like what in the world? Like this is an agency that I would not have returned a call of mine. You don't like reach out to them. They reach out to you and they were reaching out to me. So then I have that crazy thing. I have someone from Warner Brothers development, their Warner Brothers Horizon, some sort of development, like reality stuff. Some assistant reaches out to me. I represent so-and-so. She's a big deal at Warner Brothers. She wants to talk to you. Somebody from MGM television reaches out like the next day. Hey, we produce Shark Tank and this show and this show, and we'd love to talk with you. And I'm like, what on, what on earth is happening right now? And I'm in this very content position being in, in Minnesota, not making any plans to go anywhere. And then suddenly you have these people that come to you and you just owe the, owe the opportunity, the respect of walking through it mentally. But it turned out to be the the four to six weeks after that. And then I went on with them again. Kelly and Ryan asked me back the next week. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, then they I went out to cover the Oscars with them. And then there was an April snowstorm. I'm always the benefactor yep. of bad weather. Yeah. And, and then Kelly Ripa's like really blown up my Instagram. And I'm like, all of this stuff is happening. And then I'm figuring out, figuring out, and I'm talking to my agent. I have a TV agent who doesn't do anything in the world of entertainment television. And I'm calling him like, listen, I'm, I have other agencies that are calling me right now. We need to talk about what our future is because if I ended up going in that direction, you don't have that skill set. I love him. He's, I love him. He's great. But he's a news agent. I'm kind of already the black sheep. Yeah. And so if then it's like, can you help me get a game show? Do you have relationships at studios? But it was such a oddly exciting and stressful time because like CAA wanted me to go out and do a handshaking tour with producers that like a, a three person team of agents would have been walking me into these offices wow. saying, here's Steve. We think he's great. Look at what he did. What are you developing? He could be the fresh face that we're looking for. And they're selling, you know, and they were lovely. They're selling me. I had multiple calls with them and they're kind of selling you. I don't want to call it a bill of goods. They're giving you kind of the Hollywood speak yeah, of, yeah. We're always looking for the next fresh face. And we think that you just crushed it on a national stage and more people need to know about you. And then we're building a house at that same time. We have like broken ground on a house. And so it was stress exciting and that it's fun as a broadcaster. Anytime that someone provides you a bigger stage to do the same thing that you like to do, it is fun when your impact 
even just for a moment, just for a morning, can reach millions of people instead of thousands of people. That's fun. Um, but then the, the other side of it is like you're suddenly dealing with conversations and thinking thoughts that you've never thought before. But again, you don't just want to rush by it. You owe it the respect of let's have some stomach-turning kind of conversations of do we have to think about this? What could this look like? Could I well, stay you ha- here you and have work to. there? You, you have to. Yeah. You know, and, and not that it's like you have to strike while the iron's hot, but the iron's kind of hot. Like, yeah. you, well, that's be, what they said. CAA said that. They were like, hey, yeah. there, is, there is a timing element to this. Yeah, it'd be irresponsible for you to take this opportunity and be like, nah, I'm good. I'll have, I'll have other opportunities. Maybe you don't. Right. Maybe and, you don't. And so the interesting thing about that, what I, I think I learned in the midst of that as I uh, respectfully declined all of these things is you – you even if the next thing doesn't come up, um, I for for me I think it's just a a belief in I didn't plan on that to happen. You know I didn't yeah. plan on any of that to occur. And just believing that, just be diligent, do the work, be aware of opportunities when they're out there, and assess them. But ultimately, um, even if CAA never calls again, or if I reached out to them five or ten years down the line and they were like, "Who in the heck are you?" Um, trusting that there are. I think that there's a bigger sort of divine power at play in terms of what our lives end up looking like. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy in those moments to feel tangled in, is this the thing? Is this like a way to something different or better? You have to define what that means. Or if you say no and just believe like, this is where I want to, I want my roots here. Um, then you just trust that if something good is going to happen, I think that it's going to come by something more powerful than yeah. creative artist agency yeah. in Hollywood. It's going to be meant to be, and it'll be the right thing at the right time. So it was, but it, there was there was turmoil for sure. And then talking with my bosses, and she's like, "What are you hearing?" I'm like, "Here's what I'm hearing. Could we ever do a game show thing on the side?" And at first, it felt like maybe that could be a thing. Yeah. And then yeah. you have other bosses saying, "You're already doing a radio and a sh- radio show and a TV show. At what point do we get diminishing returns here?" For sure. Um, so there were logistical sides to it but but you have to go through that mental exercise mm-hmm. you have to do that yeah you can because if not you're gonna go you might lay your head down at night and get really nervous about the opportunities and possibilities that are in front of you but you're gonna be you're gonna keep yourself up at night if you didn't explore those things right if you didn't think about well what if yeah well now you know what the world sort of looks like and where your place in that world could have been because mm-hmm. you you explored it right you checked it out yeah you're like we you know Timing right now, not great for me. Sure. Happy and content with where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I, I would say, I mean, obviously, um, I think everybody knows that you're very, very talented, but everybody's doing things on their own. Mm-hmm. You know, at what point in time do we not need CAA to do stuff? Right. You know, at what point in time do you not need these major agencies to come fly you into L.A., walk you down and, sh- and shake hands with everybody and right. say, hey, yeah, man, man, fresh face yeah. guy, yeah. You know, it's like, wow. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know. <laughs> You could probably do a lot of those things right right here in the comforts of a big major metropolitan market, even though people forget about Minneapolis, St. Paul. Mm -hmm. But you could probably still do those things because everything's digital and virtual now. Like you could could probably do another Wayne's World version in a basement somewhere and make it super successful. And guess Mm -hmm. what? Then you don't have to share the money. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, yeah. There's, and you don't have to pay anybody else. There's something about having less people attached to things, which is nice. And then also the, the, the biggest difficulty, I think, for so many people, I think in any industry, but all, particularly 
in the world of broadcasting where things are separated by markets, so there is this baked-in sense of vertical mobility, right? You got to always be going up. But I, th- I would push back on that. And I think that that's a bit of a fallacy because really it is about do you, do you love what you do? And like, you know, right now I'm not on a national stage, but I also like have, have this wonderful connection to viewers right now on Twin Cities Live so that when people come up to me, it's not like I recognize you. It's like, how are your kids? What's the story with the new dog? Yeah. There's yeah. this really beautiful connection as we're a part of the rhythm of people's days that is special that, um, you know, I don't know, what other jobs would I get where I would feel this level of connection and purpose of really helping people to celebrate our beautiful cities? It's pretty special. So I could do stuff where more people see me. Right. But again, what's the point of it all? What are we working for? What do we want our work to communicate? What purpose do we want it to serve for our family. And the temptation is always, well, more money solves a lot of problems. And it really can, but at the cost of disturbing an otherwise good life. Right, right. And I do think I it. do think that there is room for this validation to happen on a local level that satisfies what you think what would feel like a national presence. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, not to make this like, I'm just only going to use politics only to make the point that we used to think that the federal government, whatever they do, that's what we should care about. And through this last year, I feel like we've realized that there's a lot of power in the local governments. Mm-hmm. So we should start thinking more locally mm-hmm. what our what our cities are doing, uh, the decisions they make, who the representatives are, who's on the who's on certain boards, who the mayor is, who the governor is. There's this, I think, rush back to like we got to take care of things locally, and not always mm-hmm. think things on a, on a federal level. And I think the same sort of perception can be taken place when it comes to like your situation that maybe, maybe you can be as impactful on a local regional market mm-hmm. that you could have maybe at a national market, you know, cause yeah. num- numbers and stuff might give you like this, Hey, I'm an, I'm a national personality, but connection wise, you might make more of an impact and the, and your bucket right. might be filled more on a local level, knowing that you can actually tangibly touch people and like entertain people's lives um, on something that's a little more personal than right. maybe a national level. And, and the nature of the shows that I work on are so conversational and it is so much what you do last night is at some point worked into the conversation Yeah, that, you know, again, you, you could get, any of us could be on a stage with millions of people who watch, but those shows where millions of people are watching, they're usually the least genuine like the format is the least genuine because yes. it's it's a big show it's primetime television people are tuning in and so there are a few shows like like Kelly and Ryan is one of the shows that has that personal connection but on a national level but that started as a local show and yeah. so they just it's they're just out of the KABC building right there in New York it's not on a big studio somewhere and so they that's one of the few shows that is a conversation and people feel like when they see Kelly or they see Ryan, they think that they know them because of mm-hmm. all the sharing mm-hmm. that's happening. But the majority of platforms out there that give you a really big audience, they don't have that. It's follow the script, buddy. Yeah. And there's something fun to that, but connection mm-hmm. impact is is different. But so you can show jobs. more of your personality in that other format where you're it's more personal. Right. You know? And then, you know, to go back to Instagram, that gives you just like a different little playground to do a creative outlet to do different right. things that connect with people right. in a different way, you know? Right. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I'm excited to see where you go and, and, um, 
you know, you're you're always fun. You're always entertaining. You're always engaging. So thanks. I know that you're sandwiching this in between your radio show, and then you got to rush out of here and you got to go do Twin Cities Live. So um, thanks, dude. Yeah, thank you. Really for appreciate. Me. it. Thanks yeah. for just like ripping and riffing and like talking yeah. nonsense. This and is bullshit. great. Yeah, this is great, man. This was great. Congratulations too. I I looked on iTunes by the way. If those of you listening don't know this. Five full stars. Your rating is a five full stars. Do you know that? I, I mean, it's really blown up. I, I, I look, but, you know, there might be like 10, 10, you know, voters or. Well, no, the majority of those 500, the majority of last names were all Lieber or yeah, some yeah. derivative of yep. Lieber. So I know that it's family, but I just want you to know that they love you. Yeah. My, my analytics really, really point to a lot of people in South Dakota, uh, Vermilion, and, um. And a lot of people in Council Bluffs, Iowa, were like most of my family. Mm. So they do a great job of just pumping me up. Yeah. They air yet my to, tires. Yet to tap the Korean market, though, to go. I know, to I'm bring... trying to get international to go over that. I got mm. to work on my translation skills and, yeah. uh, and getting my audio guy to, to get everything converted over to, to Korean. So <laughs> okay. it's taking some time. <laughs> yeah, give them time. <laughs> it's taking some we'll time. We'll get there. So, well, you're doing great. Uh, thank you so much, man. Yeah, uh, I you. really appreciate it. I also want to thank, I uh, have to thank my sponsors. I've got a, a bottle of Douglas and Todd right here. I can't believe right. I'm drinking this tonight. Well, drink it right before the show. <laughs> Elizabeth, you and Elizabeth just share some of Crack that. Crack some of this over yeah, right on the yeah, show. Yeah, just take a shot right before you Funny go Funny thing out is there. they don't let us drink before the show, but once the cameras roll, fair game. We're allowed to drink. Yeah, go for it. Got a little go Douglas and Todd. Uh, so I want to thank Douglas and Todd. Also, PreviMedica.com. Um, I've talked about my food allergies and, and food testing and all that stuff. Huge believer that what you put in the body makes all the difference. And uh, and sometimes it can it can help you, but also hurt you. So uh, go to PreviMedica.com. Uh, ben slash 20 for 20% off your order there at PreviMedica.com. And, uh, and like Steve was saying, you know, go on to my uh, iTunes, uh, iHeart, Spotify, rate it. Uh, like it. Give me some feedback. And uh, that's it, guys. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.